Welcome back to A Bro with Mike and Mike on the mic. It's your boy Mike M A I K. Don't forget it. Here with my boy Mike M I K E. You already know. Yes, sir. So we apologize for the absence. We've been out for uh, I don't even know how long it's been now. About a month. Yeah, about a month. I mean, change. You know, life hits all at once, and you gotta get things done you got to take care of things you know 20 years old you know there's a lot of stuff we gotta we gotta set up yeah you know still in school still working you know still working that nine to five trying to get our funds up so that we could bring this podcast to you guys on higher levels and visuals that you guys have never seen before you know we're 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 grinding so that you guys can see our process but anyways (laughs) enough of all that we got UFC 235 coming up. John Jones versus Anthony Smith for the main event. Oh, man. It's going to be wild this weekend. We got three days left before that kicks off this Saturday. How you feeling, Mikes? I'm super excited. You know, I really feel like this is the most stacked card of the year so far. And um, they've been pretty weak recently with the cards that they've been putting together. But I feel like this should be a good one this weekend. I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, me too. I mean, this card in itself is huge, huge. Not only the Jones and Smith fight. I mean, the the co-main event is also a title fight with Tyron Woodley and Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Um, we got Robbie Lawler fighting Ben Askren on this one. We got Cody, Cody Garbrandt, Garbrandt, former champ, former bantamweight champion. Um, yeah. Stacked from top to bottom. It, it, it's it's a crazy card. So call out on Saturday, guys. Clear your schedules. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Be there or be square. <laughs> but yeah, we're just going to dive right in and break down, give our take on each fight and who, who we feel like we're going to, who we feel like is going to win the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, we're not actually going to break down the whole card for you guys because we feel like we've been out of commission for a while. So we're going to like keep it relevant. We're going to go into a little bit of depth with this UFC 235 card and then we're going to break off a little and we're going to talk about the NBA since we've been gone for such a long time we don't want you guys to feel like we're not covering enough content for you so we're just gonna split this podcast into two i guess you would say kind of so we're gonna talk about this 235 card and we're gonna talk about the nba you know the mvp race the playoffs are coming up all-star break is over so it's it's getting heated yeah and but as for now we're gonna stick to this ufc 235 card and We'll get it rolling. Uh, Mike, what's the first fight that you, you would want to... Yeah, so the first fight I'm looking to break down is Diego Sanchez versus Mickey Gall. Um, Diego the Nightmare Sanchez. He's been a journeyman. He's been around. Been knocked out. He's been submitted before. Um, yeah, I, I'm really surprised that Diego Sanchez took this fight against this young guy. Um, Mickey yeah, Mickey Gall. Gall who's five a killer. And he beats um, CM Punk. Um, he beat um, Sage Norcutt. And Sage is a good fighter. He's been looking good recently, and I'm really surprised Diego took that, um, that fight. But you know, Diego comes to fight every time. He um, he's real. He's at that Mexican style. You know, he doesn't back up. So it should be a really good fight. Fun I mean, fight with to kick them like the nightmare. You kind of gotta bring it aggressively every night. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, we're gonna go. With, oh, so who are you rolling with in that one? Yeah, Diego I'm gonna go Sanchez or Mickey Gall. Now nah, I'm gonna go with Mickey Gall on this one. Yeah, I think he's too young, too big. Um, his jiu-jitsu is good. I'm going to go with Mickey Gall on this one. Yeah, Mickey Gall is a physical specimen who likes to be dominant in the octagon. 
I'm going to have to roll with you as well. Make it gall all the way on that one. And then, um, what's the next card? The next fight we're going to be breaking would be... Oh. We apologize. We're having some technical difficulties oh, yeah. here. Jeremy Stevens versus Zabit Normago Shapirov. Um, this man, this this fight is unreal. I like, I like the style. Zabit is a freak of nature. I like this guy. Sixteen and one overall record. National um, Russian wrestling champion. He's a um, he's a um, kickboxer too. This guy throws some wild stuff. And Jeremy Jeremy's on the opposite end. Jeremy's more traditional, but he throws a lot of heat. Man throws a kitchen sink in every punch. He um, he's a boxer, and he they come, they both come to fight. This is a real interesting matchup. This, this is um real important for the landscape of 145. Now that Max Holloway is moving up to fight Dustin Poirier, um, this this could be title implications. You know, definitely. This is, this is a big. A lot of eyes are gonna be on this fight, and it's w really low on the card too. So that's why that just goes to show how stacked this card is. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go with ooh. Before you say your <laughs> final saying. I'm just going to weigh in on this one already, and I'm going to say Zabit. Man. I, to be honest with you guys, I don't really know too much about Jeremy Stevens, but this Zabit guy, I, I'm, I'm only calling him guy because I don't know how to pronounce his last name. We, we <laughs> went over this with the UFC names. We, we can't really pronounce him very fluently, but Zabit is my guy for this one, Mike. Um, yeah, so Zabit, this is a real um, bumping bump talent. Like bump up in talent, so it's gonna be real interesting how he deals with adversity. Um, I think Jeremy Stevens is gonna be in his face, like I said, throwing some kitchen sink power yeah. at him. Um, should be should be a brawl. I'm gonna go with Jeremy Stevens' experience, so that should be a good one too. Potential fight in the night, so that nice. should be a good I like one that. too. The next one is former champion Cody Garbrandt versus Pedro Munoz. Um, man. This is a scrap in itself, too. Cody Garbrandt is world-class talent, elite boxing. I know so, he has a world-class barber. Yeah. If oh I can add God. that. <laughs> uh, if anybody knows who your barber is, just let, him know, let, let me know. But anyway, um, Cody Garbrandt has unreal speed, video game-like speed. Um, if he can close the distance on Pedro Munoz, I mean, he knocks everybody out. Cody Garbrandt, if he hits you, you're done. So... Pedro, but not taking any way, anything away from Pedro Munoz. This guy, this guy's a real, real good talent too. So it should be a fun scrap, real hard fight for um, Cody Garbrandt to come back to after that loss. Fighting out of the slums of Brazil, you know, <laughs> you can't, you can't really. You've been fighting your whole life at that yeah, point, so you can't know. really go against that with Pedro Munoz. But yeah, I honestly feel like oh, Cody Garbrandt's boxing is gonna be too much for him, world experience. But Cody's chin's been looking exposed against TJ. TJ knocked him twice, so I mean. That's oh. that's also TJ Dillashaw though, so yeah, that, it's that's a pick a, fight. That, that's a completely different animal in the cage. But yeah, Pe Pedro Munoz has a higher um, um significant strike land output, so almost doubled as Cody Garbrandt, and his accuracy is higher. But man, Cody so Gar, you, you're taking Cody. Yeah, championship experience is gonna be too much for him. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cody. You know what? I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here, and I'm gonna roll with Pedro Munoz on this one. I mean. The guy smart. He has nothing to lose, honestly, because exactly. he doesn't have any pressure on him. Like we're gonna go get back to that too with Anthony Smith. How how going into a fight with no pressure is could be a key to victory. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Cody Garbrandt, Pedro Munoz. Yeah. Yep, we're going split here. Right on. Mike's going with Cody. I'm rolling with Pedro. Um. Yeah. Um. The next fight we're gonna break down is Tisha Torres versus Wei Li Zhang. 
Is that you <laughs> The Chinese prodigy. We'll go with that. Magnum Weili Zhang. <laughs> Alright. Um, yeah, Tisha Torres is they call her Tiny Tornado. Um Yeah, she's been in the UFC for a while. She really um spearheaded that you know, the strawweight division, so I feel like she I feel like she got this one, but Zang, not taking anything anything away from Zhang, but I mean man, this should be a scrap. Girls fighting at its finest. Zhang has a terrific record herself, eighteen and one. I mean, you can't really I mean, I'm not too sure on if she had worthy opponents or not. I guess. Yeah, Tisha Torres is ranked seven in the world. Exactly. So she she got a handful with this one, but um yeah, I'm gonna side with Tisha Torres, the UFC um everybody likes her fan favorite. Of course she's dating Raquel Pennington, her girlfriend is the UFC Bantamweight champion and yeah, when I was in New York actually I ran into them when we was on this um Statue of Liberty cruise, but we can get into that uh, later. <laughs> we, uh, uh, yeah, so Tisha Torres too. Yep, we're we're gonna pick the same on this one. Tisha Torres is gonna roll out of there with a victory. Right on. All right. <laughs> the next one is my personal favorite. What I've been waiting for is Robbie Lawler, rootless Robbie Lawler versus Ben Funky Ben Askren. Oh, Funky oh, Town! My, my gosh, this is talk about opposite ends of styles. We're talking about. World class Olympic wrestling, um, 20, what is he, 18 and 0? Man, Ben Askren is rootless. He's the American version of Khabib, pretty much. And Robbie Lawler is a tough fight to be introduced to the UFC, too. That's former champion. Um, he comes to scrap. They call him the rootless one. From, there's a reason why they call him the rootless one. He's He throws a kitchen sink, too. He comes to fight. He loves fighting, actually, enjoys fighting. And I feel like that's going to be. I feel like this is going to be a fight of the night. It's either going to be um, opposite ends of the spectrum. It's either going to be um, Robbie Lawler either going to knock him out. So you're saying this one has fight of the night implications as well. Actually, I haven't even made a predict- prediction on this. Me and my dad's been going back and forth about this. But I think I think Ben, a- ben Askren is going to squeak out a decision here. I think Robbie Lawler hasn't looked the same since he got he um, he um got knocked out from Tyron Woodley. He's been on kind of on a losing streak. But I think Ben Askren, is, he plays it safe. He's going to drag him down. Um, get some points, get some takedowns, and yeah, who are you, who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Askren is like the American version of Khabib. So, I mean, with that type of dominance, I, I mean, it, it, it's hard to go against the guy. I mean, I'm, I'm going to roll with you on this one. Ben Askren takes down Robbie Lawler. I'm, yeah, for sure. I'm going to say, I'm going to say he knocks him out. Knocks him out. Knocks him out. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to call that. Yeah, when I um. When the news broke that he got traded from one FC, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because the welterweight, the welterweight division is stacking. You had you had Funky Ben Askren, Olympic wrestling. If I recall, he didn't even know that he could be traded. Yeah, he thought he was under a contract or something like that, and he got texted saying that he got traded. He thought it was a joke. Then he looked online, he saw that he got traded from for Demetrius Johnson in a, in a um a UFC roster trade. So, man, crazy. Now we're here. He's yeah. here. He's coming to fight. Fighting Lost. Robbie Lawler. Ro- rootless Robbie Lawler. Man. I, man, I can't wait for this fight. It's going to be a good one. Going on to the co-main event, there's the chosen one, Tyron Willie versus the Nigerian nightmare, Kamaru Usman. Um, these guys have been jawing at each other. And I, I, I honestly don't think they like each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, they've been talking crap yeah. to each other this whole time. Um, um, it's a real interesting uh, matchup because Tyron Willie has like nuclear power in his in in both hands. This guy knocks this guy's super fast. He 
he hits you, you're you're done pretty much. He's got lead knuckles. He knocked out Robbie Lawler. You seen what he did to Wonder Boy? You seen what he did to Darren Till? Um, that's all world class athletes too. Uh, but that's not taking anyway, anything away from Kamar Usman. This guy, this guy's a grinder. He takes you down. You stand back up, he takes you back down again. Um, I really like Kamaru Usman. I mean, you can't take the guy down. 100% takedown defense. I mean, yeah. Kamaru Usman is, like, the ultimate weapon, if yeah. you ask me. I he's mean, a collegiate one wrestling too, a wrestler, too. So oh. He's definitely durable. So I, I know that he could go the distance all five rounds with, with Woodley if, if it goes to that point. I mean, Usman, I, I believe if... I'll recall correctly. He only has one knockout on yeah, his record. Yeah, he does. So, um, other than that, all of his fights have been decisions. And, but you know I mean, the, that, that that proves that he has the stamina to go the championship distance. So. Yeah, yeah. But you know what they say, if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know. So, um, I mean, if he, if he wins by decision, he's winning nonetheless. So, I mean... But he's got a he's got the champion Tyron Woodley who's been on a roll, um, very underrated. A lot of people don't like him because, you know, he puts he his output is really low. But when he does land and when he does throw, nuclear power for real. But um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the champion on this, and I think Tyron Woodley's too much for him. The way the way he moves back, the way Kamaru Usman moves forward, I think Tyron Tyron like kind of loads you into this like slow, puts you to sleep with this slow style. Then he explodes when his back is on the cage and. If you're there, if you're in the highway, you're gonna get run over. So exactly. So I I feel like I feel like if if the only chance Kamar Usman has of winning is gonna be between, like the little stuff between in the clinch, on the ground. If he wears him out, then that's the only way I feel like he can beat Tyron Woodley. But other than that, if he doesn't get knocked out, I think Tyron Woodley's gonna win this one. Because T Wood is a good wrestler too. Ben Askren is his training partner, so it's not like Kamar Usman's coming up with stuff that he, he didn't see in the wrestling department. So I like that take. I like yeah. that take a lot. So you're rolling with Tyron Woodley on that one? Yeah. Retaining the championship? Yeah, for the first time. Because me personally, I don't like Tyron Woodley. But, yeah, I'm going to go with him on this one. Well, I guess we got another split here. I'm going Kamaru Usman. I, I really like the kids' charisma. I mean, yeah, like you said, they've been talking trash about each other. Yeah, he uh, called him a fake... He called him fake ass LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and I thought that was so funny because Tyron Woodley doesn't really engage in... Um, in trash talking so yeah I, I like i like i like this um matchup it's a really fun matchup. yeah i like i like how they're both like kind of drawing it out of each other the the aggression yeah and a lot of eyes are going to be on this card too so good for both of them good for definitely both of and of course the main event johnny bones jones versus lionheart anthony smith oh man <laughs> man i i truly believe that john jones is um the greatest fighter of all time. Um, I mean, it's hard to deny. There's no one that really put up a test against him other than DC or in in his younger days. But when John's when John when John is on the straight and narrow path when he's when he's on his stuff, bro. There's no one. There's no one out there that can beat John Jones. And I mean, technically, there's no one out there that has beaten John Jones. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, guy's twenty three and one, but that one loss was a win. If, if yeah, it was Matt Hamill. <laughs> you see it. Disqualification, yeah. Yeah, the, the 12 to the 6 12 elbow. elbow. So. But that's not, ta- that's not saying, bro, Anthony Smith is an animal. He's he's a journeyman. People forget that this guy's been fight. He has over 40 fights, more than John Jones even has fights altogether. Definitely. So, um, I mean, we were just watching Anthony Smith highlights earlier, and we saw, like, three separate knockouts. 
And all three of the knockouts came via different strike. Yeah. So the the first knockout was a head kick. The second knockout was an overhand right. The the third knockout was a knee to the face. So yeah, this guy has a lot of tools in his own. Yeah, it's, his, like you were saying earlier with the the previous two fighters. I mean, the guys are gonna throw the kitchen sink at you until something hits. Yeah, and I, and I, I truly believe that he's gonna be um he's gonna be a, a harder fight for John than people expect. People expect that he's, John's gonna run through him. They call him a sacrificial lamb, but I don't believe all of that. I feel like Anthony Smith is too too much of a veteran. Veteran, he's gonna um, he's gonna come in. He's not gonna buy into this whole um aura of that John Jones is untouchable and he's this and that exactly i feel like a lot of john jones opponents do that they they buy into the whole john jones i'm fighting john jones yeah yeah like they they get over themselves and they they start thinking way too hard about it which brings me back to the the point of the pressure if anthony smith comes in he literally has no pressure at all exactly this guy's walking in zero pressure he's nothing to lose everybody already thinks he's gonna lose anyway so yeah so i might as well go put it all on the line I like I like how Anthony Smith carries himself. This guy, this guy's a true animal. The um, the Volkan Oldemir fight, he had some adversity, but I guess that that shows like the growth as a um as a fighter because he's been putting, he's been finishing guys. So you don't really see how how good he truly is until he gets into wars, like how he was with Volkan Oldemir. But yeah, I don't. I feel like he has nothing to lose here, and I feel like it's gonna be a better fight than people expect. But I'm gonna go with John Jones. I think John Jones is gonna be too much. He's been there five rounds. Um, I, I believe Anthony Smith only had one five-round fight. It was his last fight because he was the main event. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with John Jones in this one. Who are you going with? I am going with another split here. I'm, I'm going to take Anthony Smith, the Smith underdog. Dog. Nice. I mean, I, I, I really like John Jones. Um, if we were making podcasts before the Jones-Gustafson fight, you guys would have known that Mike here hates John Jones. He's like... <laughs> He despises him because he's DC's father, and <laughs> one of Mike's favorite fighters is DC. So yeah, he kind of strayed off of that whole John Jones bandwagon that everybody is on and has been on for the longest of time. But I'm gonna have to pick against John here, Anthony Smith. I mean, the, the guy just looks really composed. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I I really feel like he's just gonna come in and. Do some damage early. Yeah, and if he not if he knocks out John or if he beats John Jones, this is hands down the greatest upset of all time. I can't think. Maybe second would be uh, Matt Zero GSP, but other than that, like man, if Anthony Smith gets it done, hats off to him. It's, I like him though. I like the way he he would be a good champion. I like the way he carries himself and stuff. Speaking of that, GSP retirement. How do you feel yeah. about that, Mike? Um, I feel like he retired too early. Cause he looked really good against Michael Bisping. I feel like he had a lot of big fights that he could have he could have potentially have with Tyron, either Tyron Woodley or Khabib, both both are champions. Um, him and Khabib would be a really oh my gosh, him and Khabib would be would be a fun fight. I I I feel like it'd be a pick'em fight at that point. But yeah, I feel like he he kind of retired too early. Um, yeah, but good for him. He he ducked out on the um brain damage. So definitely, I so, mean. I I feel what you're saying with the whole he could have fought a big fight and everything, but I mean, the guy's GSP. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. How yeah, how sure. much more big can it get? Yeah. I mean, he is him, so he's definitely he's on the definite um, UFC Mount Rushmore. Exactly. I mean, he's always been a face. Face. As, he's as, a face as, of Canada. Um, 
Canadian martial arts. Um, he spearheaded TriStar Gym with Faraz Sahabi and Roy McDonald. Um, super calculated approach to the game. The way he, um, and people don't know this, but he has he is um, one of the most he is one of the most accurate takedowns of all time percentage wise. And he didn't even wrestle in the collegiate level. He was a high school wrestler. That just goes to show how um, how calculated his approach is and the way he changes levels and stuff like that. So, yeah, GSP, GSP is Hall of Famer, GOAT, if not the GOAT. I'd put Demetrius up there, too. Um, Yeah, if John Jones was, was on the straight and narrow, I'd put him as definite number one fighter of all time. But, yeah. All right. So, that concludes uh, the that UFC. about does it for our UFC. 235 breakdown this Saturday, Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. Clear your schedule, guys, because yep. it's going to be a good fight card. Tune in, guys. Tune in. Uh, I mean, great card. So we're just going to keep it pushing. Like we promised you guys, we're going to go into a little bit of NBA with the season coming down to an end. Um, we got the, the playoff race going on. Will the Lakers make it? We don't know. Yeah, I read, I, I read today that they only have a 6% chance of making the playoffs. And... Man. I mean, it's LeBron James. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, you, you can't rule the guy out until but, mathematically he is. Yeah, exactly. But to me personally, if he falls out of this, if he if his team, the Lakers, does not make the playoffs this year, he's gonna fall out of the goal conversation. To me, in my opinion, because if Michael Jordan was on, I don't think he would would allow his team to to miss the playoffs. I mean, it it's a whole new team for him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I get why they're struggling and they, they haven't been playing very good defense all season long. Um, but it's LeBron James, nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. Like I was saying, so. There's a lot of turmoil, too, within the, within the organization with, with Luke Walton and, and exactly. Lonzo Ball. And the, everyone's saying that LeBron's trying to trade everybody away from the roster. Brandon Ingram got chance. Or um, Anthony Davis. The rumors of Anthony Davis coming over. So, I... I I can exactly. see. I there's can a, see why there was there's stir controversy in in the locker room. Yeah, but, there's a lot going on behind. But then the again, there's no excuse. If the Clippers have literally no superstar, how how are they sitting at seven place when when the Lakers have Kyle Kuzma, they have um, they have LeBron James, they have Javale McGee, they have all the they have all these. It's not like their team is bad. Yeah, they have key pieces to where they should be in that. I I feel as if they should be in the the top conversation with. The the Warriors, Nuggets, Rockets. Well, I mean, why not Blazers? And people forget, um, in the beginning of the year, they were like they got up all the way to like the third seed, right? Am I right? Yeah, but I mean, that's that, that's when I felt like they were playing their best brand of basketball that they could be playing. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, so they've obviously showed that they can get there and they could play like that, but it's just a matter of actually getting out there and playing like that. They, they yeah, for sure. got to do it night in and night out. I mean, you can't just, it's the NBA, it's the league. You can't. Yeah. And there's also talks of um, Deandre Jordan because his contract is up after this year. And they're saying that the Knicks might not resign him. So the Lakers might be in that conversation for Deandre Jordan too. So that'd be, a, and then they have Anthony Davis coming in. That might be coming in too. So I feel like LeBron, if LeBron sits this year out in the playoffs, it's going to be weird because I can't honestly remember the last time LeBron wasn't in the playoffs. But. Yeah, I mean, the playoffs, the, the finals. I the mean, finals, yeah, exactly. LeBron's been in the finals every year since, what, 2011, if I if I recall correctly. Um, it, Super it, consistent. Yeah, it's ridiculous, the, the consistency that the guy has. I mean, 
with that being said, though, he's not even tops of the MVP race. Yeah, for sure. The MVP race that we're talking here is Paul George, James Harden, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean... Jokic. Yeah. Nikola Jokic. Definitely from the Nuggets. I mean, the, the Nuggets are battling themselves. They're in second place in the West right now. They're, yeah, exactly. They're the, they're the real sh- um, shocker of the season, too. So Yeah, I mean, they just beat OKC today by, I believe, nine points, if I'm not mistaken, um, with that MVP battle going yeah, on and yeah, everything. Exactly. You know what I mean? Paul George is playing for the Thunder. Yeah, so. I've always, um, always been a personal fan of Paul George because I've seen him play against UH when he was back at Fresno State. So, um yeah. That's where your, like, yeah, I saw fandom him. started. Your- yeah, no, and I always I always said, like, if he can key in on his consistency issues, he can be MVP caliber player. He's a, a really good two-way player. He's a lockdown defender. He can score. He shoots. And a lot of people wrote him off after that leg injury. But- exactly. I mean, this season alone, I, I believe there was, like, a, a month and a half stretch where the guy scored 30-plus points a game. Him and Russ is, is balling out this year Yeah, as a but- duo. They both could definitely be in that MVP race, but Paul George is a little extra step ahead of Russ in that. that more efficient, I'd put. Yeah, he's a more efficient. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I honestly think Giannis is gonna win it just just by the sheer dominance that he's been playing this year. Giannis. Um, all his numbers are up from last year. His career numbers. Um, yeah, if it's if it's not Giannis, it's Harden. Yeah, I personally believe it's gonna be James Harden. Just for the simple fact that he wants to win it. And, I mean, it's his year. It's his year to win it. Scoring at will, pretty much. At will. I mean, the guy, 30, 30 30-point games. How? That, you (laughs) tell me. And, yeah, and he also leads the league in um, free throw attempts and free throws made, too, so. I mean, that also could be a large reason as to why he does average that 30-point per game. Yeah, and I was, um... When I was listening to First Things First, they were saying that during the playoffs, he only got half the calls that he had in the normal season. So he'd have to work more for um, for his buckets instead of just going straight to the line every time. But, yeah, man, James Harden is – there's no one that can guard James Harden, unguardable. But, yeah, if he can keep it up, definite MVP. All right, so let's just get it straight here. The Lakers, do they make the playoffs? No. <laughs> no. no. Mike says no. I also say no. We're, we're in agreement there. The Lakers don't make the playoffs. LeBron falls out the goal conversation. In Mike's opinion. He's still in, in my opinion, but that's a different story. That's a different podcast. Goal does, a goal doesn't day. let you... No, no, no. I'm like... So, man. Lakers don't make the playoffs. Giannis wins the MVP. Yeah. In your opinion. James Harden wins the MVP, in my opinion. Nah, actually, scratch it. I'll go with Paul George, because the, the game winners that he's been winning at... I th- I think the West is more tough than the East this year, so I'm gonna go with the West. All right, I'm gonna go with Paul George. All right, we'll we'll go with scratch that different recap here. Lakers don't <laughs> make the playoffs. Paul George MVP in Mike's opinion. James Harden MVP in my opinion. And who do you think's gonna win the whole thing? NBA Finals. NBA Finals. Who do you think's in it? Who do you think wins it? I I I think it's gonna be the Warriors versus the Sixers. Warriors, Sixers. And I think the Warriors are going to win. It, win. It's going to be 4-2. I personally like the Warriors, Raptors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, the Raptors, you know, they just got the addition with Marcus Gasol. Yeah. 
right before the trade deadline. Um, I feel that, like they, I feel like they could keep up the Warriors defensively. They got Kawhi, Mark. exactly. Marcus Gasol on Demarcus Cousins. I mean, that was really one of the East's biggest problems. Like, once you get to the finals and you do face the Warriors, because. I mean, let's let's just be real. Everybody knows the Warriors are going to make the finals. Yeah. So once you get to the finals and you face the Warriors in that seven-game series, how do you stop five All-Stars? You get five All-Stars. <laughs> I mean, the Raptors, they, their squad isn't necessarily five All-Stars. I mean, they got, what, Danny Green and... You could say that about, um, you could say that about the Sixers. They got Ben. Yo, yeah, exactly. The, what the Sixers are doing with acquiring Tobias Harris and... A trade right before the deadline as well. I, mean, but I don't like how I the only the only issue I have with with um the Sixers is that um well of course Ben has to Ben has to spread the floor. I I feel like if Ben Ben keeps on shooting, I know everybody's been razzing on him because he doesn't shoot threes, but he's been he's been attempting them because they've been giving him so much space. But if he can get that, if he can cover that problem up, it doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be a sharp shooter, but just get him honest, keep him keep him playing up on you, and if he can do that, yeah, but. They got. I feel like they gotta get chemistry with with Tobias. I know they're like two and four with him since the trade. So, um, yeah, I didn't like how the trade came so late in the season. But if they can mesh together and peak right at the at the perfect time during the playoffs, I feel like they could cause a lot of problems. And Joel Embiid is unguardable, best center in the league in my opinion. Um, Jimmy Butler is one of the top five. Where you, where you put him at? Shooting guard two. I One, mean, two. they're running him at three, the small forward oh, position, because they have J.J. Redick starting the two. Oh, yeah, yeah. They need a, they need a shooter to spread the floor. Oh, I forgot they had Ben Simmons at um, point guard, but what is that called? Um, yeah, elite two-way defender. J.J. Redick is a spot-up, one of the best shooters of all time. Um, yeah. So who would you pick in that series? Sixers, Warriors? Um, like I said, well, I'm going to go with the Warriors, too. 4-2? Four, two? Yeah, 4-2, four, because they got, man, K- just imagine seeing KD... Steph, Demarcus, and Clay all checked in, checking in at the same time. That's got to be demoralizing. So I'm just go with the Warriors. That's why I'm rolling with the Raptors, and I think the Raptors win it. You're crazy. <laughs> I think the Raptors win it in seven, four, three. Only reason why I say the Raptors win it is because they got Marcus All. If had they had Jonas Valanciunas coming into the playoffs, no, no good. He's not good enough defensively to yeah. stop the best centers in the league, as in Joel Embiid or DeMarcus Cousins yeah. or Marcus All. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're yeah, we're just gonna have to find out if the young guns, if Philly can. Yeah, can playoffs are right around the corner. We'll see how it rolls Super out. Excited for that. And I mean, Clipper Nation. Well, what do you think about the um, the NBA um, com- or the NFL Combine coming up in? Four days, I think it is. Um, who do you who do you have your eyes on in this upcoming draft? Devin White, LSU linebacker. That the kid is amazing. He came into college at LSU. He was a fullback. He got recruited as a as a fullback. Wow! And he made the transition from fullback to linebacker while he was at LSU. So at times on the field, he kind of looks lost because he doesn't really know the scheme of a defense yet. But if you could get that down. Once he does get it down, because yeah. I believe that he will, he's going to be one of the top 10 linebackers in the league for a long time. I mean, like... All right, let me ask you this. 8 man. to 12 years. Let me ask you this. You think he has an um, immediate impact like Darius Leonard? 100%. You think so? 100%. Darius, 
We're talking first year pro bowler. Maybe not the impact that Darius Leonard had with the Colts because I believe, honestly, I'm, I'm a Broncos fan. Yeah. So I believe the Denver Broncos are going to select him at 10. Hmm. And with the defense that the the Broncos have and the, the star players that they have on their defense, I don't feel like he'll be able to flourish as much as he should as if he were to go to, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, with, See, oh, okay, cool, with, okay. with, like, Chubb and Miller on the ends, I, I, I really don't see him yeah. flourishing as much. But I definitely could see him being, like, a – Roquan Smith to the Chicago Bears type player. Mm. I mean, he he was a very underrated player this past season. He himself led the the team in tackles, and they had a bunch of good tacklers on that team. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Khalil Mack. They had Adrian Amos. They had Eddie Jackson. So I, I I really feel like this kid Devin White is is someone that everyone should keep their eyes on, not just the Denver Broncos or Broncos fans or anything yeah, like that. I sure. mean the world should have their eyes on this kid. He's he's a he's a, a real gym that I think is going to come out of this draft. Yeah, so let me ask you like one last question. What do you, you think do you think as highly of the 40-yard dashes as NFL scouts do or you think it's it's something that people can't see that you can't draft like so for example, like Richard Sherman ran like a 6 or a 4 4 4 4 5. Coming into the league, everybody's like, "Oh, he's too slow to guard some of the fastest guys in the league." But Look at him now. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So you think you think it's a tangible um, thing you can record or you think it's something that, that's in you? Personally, I believe that, like, yeah, the the combine and everything is good to have so that you can see how far a player could jump or yeah. how long a player could run or rip as much as he can for as long as he can. But personally, I mean... What you can do with pads on speaks volumes, levels, yeah. volumes over whatever anyone could do on a on a combine field. I mean, look at John Ross. The guy was picked first round by the Bengals, and he, he's, he's caught one touchdown pass in his entire career. And yeah. now they're looking at trading him for, what, like a seventh-round pick. That I, I believe that's what they get for him. So, I mean, and he has the fastest 40-time in combine history with a 4-2-2. He beat Chris Johnson like two years ago, so I mean. Yeah, exactly. When I remember. Combine. Um, yeah, combine. I mean, what are the statistics? It helps, it helps your your draft stock, but I feel like it's something you can't scout. Exactly. I mean, Philip Lindsay, the Denver Broncos running yeah, back. He exactly. didn't even get invited to the combine. Yeah. He did a pro day with Colorado, and from there he went undrafted, unsigned, and then he finally got a call up to be on a practice squad. And from the practice squad, he went in, worked his ass off, and. Now he's a starting NFL running back, top three in the league. Yeah, and if, and you look at the opposite end of that, you see Jadavian Clowney, who ran a four four as a defensive lineman. Where is he now? Exactly. I mean, he's he's a good defensive player, but I wouldn't have picked him first. Yeah. First round, first pick. Yeah. <laughs> with the way that he's performed. Yeah. So that's uh that's why I ask you that question. You know, people value um combine stats way more than the like the actual um what what players can do inside the pads, like exactly. how Philip Lindsay is. So, yeah, that's that's a good take on that. So, yeah. But if you don't have anything else to conclude with, uh, I believe that wraps up episode four of Eight Bro with Mike and Mike on the mic. Let's go. That's all from you? That's all from me, yeah. That's all from me. All right, you guys have a good one. Signing off. Peace. 
What's up, guys? Got some exciting news for you. A Bro with Mike and Mike on the mic is now not only found on Anchor, Stitcher, and Spotify, but we are up there with the big boys found on Apple Podcasts. So you can stream our podcast on any four of those platforms. We're now up there. Go check us out. We love you guys. We love the support. And we're going to keep doing this for you.